Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here you go. Here you go. Ah, uno, a god. Word of the day is one. It's really a number. One, the Denver Nuggets have one win. NBA Finals started last night. We're starting there with our word of the day as one. Can't get to four without one. I always like saying that. Can't get to three without getting two. It's so ridiculous and asinine, but just happens to be true. Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Hang in there, 45 minutes to go, a full day of work, and then it's time to go full lover boy. It's time for the weekend. So I'm watching the game last night. I missed the first half. I went to see a play called The Doll's House. A Doll's House is with Jessica Chastain, the Academy Award winner. She is in a, a play, and it's a one hour and 50 minute without intermission when I got the tickets, I had not planned on the fact that the NBA finals were that particular day because it didn't even occur to me because it's a limited engagement play and she only has 10 more performances and this is all I could get. And then I saw the schedule and I said, oh, crikeys. So I'm sitting there in this most serious of plays. I have the brightness on my phone all the way down. I'm such a jackass. I have the brightness on the phone all the way down. I'm a little ootsy and antsy. I'm a little tired but I'm always looking to see what time it is because I know the Heat Nuggets game is starting. So the play starts at 7. Ostensibly, it's supposed to be over at 8.50. Game tips off at 8.30. All right, jump in a cab, get back, no problem, miss the first quarter. Easy peasy. Not exactly how it worked. The way the play starts, Jessica Chastain is actually on stage when you walk in the theater. The entire play, there's no set, there's no props, there's no nothing. It's an empty, open stage, no curtain, nothing. And Jessica Chastain is sitting there looking at you and you're looking at her thinking, how's this going to go? And then she rolls around the stage rolls and out comes the guy from Succession and the guy from Grey's Anatomy and another great actor and a great actress and yada, yada, yada. It's 7.08 and it doesn't start. 7.09, first word spoken. So I'm thinking, is it an hour 50 from 7.09, which makes it now 8.59 is when this is going to end? That's now 9 o'clock. That means I'm going to miss part of the second quarter. I'm checking my phone. Starting at 8.30, I'm checking the scores, and I'm looking down, but I'm hiding the phone because I don't want the brightness to be seen. It reminded me of my days with the Marlins where I would not want to ever miss any games of any kind, but if there were something happening that I couldn't miss and it wouldn't be a play, it would be a recital of some sort or a Little League game or whatever the case is. I'm always checking scores. It's the NBA Finals without even my team. To make a st short story slightly longer, it ends not when I thought it would. By the time I get in front of a TV, it's 9.36. 9.36, halftime. 
I quickly catch up. I look at highlights. I watch the entire second half, start putting the show together. And I keep wondering, there's no way the Heat can shoot as badly in the second half as they did in the first half. It's going to be absolutely fine. The Heat are going to cover. They're going to start making shots. They open the third quarter with that 11-0 run. Finally, they're hitting shots. And you're thinking, all right, maybe. And then you realize that the Nuggets were just toying with them. The Denver Nuggets, as we told you before the series started, they're simply a better team. Now, I could argue that any team, including one of me, you, your brother, your sister, and Coca, could beat the Heat when Strauss, Martin, and Robinson shoot two for 23. Jimmy Butler has 13 points, and the only one you're dealing with is Bam, who basically we could just do hack-a-bam, put him on the line the whole time. The Heat shooters could not hit a shot. I mean, it was brick after brick after brick. And when that happens and you're dealing with a Nuggets team where they have four options on offense and their top two options, Jokic and Murray, are better than anybody on the Heat. Jokic, of course, is the best player in the series. And the way Murray's been playing, he's better than playoff Jimmy Butler. So now we're going down to even more role players. And when Porter and Pope are hitting shots and the Heat guys are not, it's game over. So the Heat did not cover, even though they've won every other game one on the road. They have covered, obviously, every other game one on the road because they've been underdogs and won the whole damn game. But the Miami Heat just realized that they're now up against a team that is a better team than the Celtics, a better team than the Bucs. And so the concern, obviously, is going to be, do we have the ability to match that? And the only chance the Heat have is they've got to shoot 50% or better from three. That's their best chance. What they did in game seven against the Celtics, it may not work. I don't think they'll be able to do it four times in the next six games. I don't think there's a team in the NBA who can beat the Denver Nuggets four times in a six-game stretch. You never want to say a series is over after one game. You certainly don't want to say a series is over after the home game wins the first game. I don't want to overreact to the way the Heat shot the ball, but man, if you're not watching Jokic, please take the time Sunday at eight o'clock and watch Jokic play. It, he's that good. The thing about the NBA Finals is that first time in 20 years, 25 years, the game has started before 9 p.m. When I was a kid, and this is going to age me, and you're not going to believe this if you are a young person, which thankfully 69% of you are. The NBA Finals used to be shown on tape delay at 10.30 at night. I kid you not, look it up, GTS. You could not see the NBA Finals when the NBA Finals were going on. You didn't even know when the damn game was happening. Bird and Magic come into the league, and that begins the renaissance of NBA, live Finals games, everything's great. Nine o'clock games on weeknights is an absolute disaster. Couldn't stay up that late. Finally, they move it earlier. To me, though, last night's game did not feel very finally. Maybe I was on one foot because I missed the first half and I'm running to watch the second half preparing the show. It just didn't have that feeling of gravitas that I like with the finals. But there was one thing that went on that is pure finals. These commissioners, Rob Manford, of baseball, when the World Series comes, you can count on it. Like the sunrise, baby. He's going to meet the media. Super Bowl week, 
Roger Goodell, boom, he's going to meet the media. Gary Bettman, I'll put you in there, Don Garber. Yes, during the MLS Championship Cup, you're going to meet the media. You're almost there at the number four major sport. Maybe, maybe, almost. Yes, I saw the valuations in Forbes. No, you're not the fourth major sport in North America right now. Okay, guess who met the media yesterday? Adam Silver, Commissioner of Basketball. All right, Adam, you're going to meet the media. Here's the questions that are coming your way. I want you to be ready, and we have an answer for you. You're going to be asked about the TV situation because of what happened with Major League Baseball and the regional sports networks and the bankruptcy of Bally's. And remember, this impacts NBA teams too, just not now because the regular season isn't happening. There's no payments being made to anyone. So when you're asked it, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look in the camera and say, we plan on continuing to work hard with our teams and their partners to make sure that the contracts they've signed are fulfilled by both parties. Perfect. Adam, can you say that? Adam takes the podium and they say, hey, Adam, can we talk about the uh, TV situation? His answer, it's a terrible issue with no simple solution. We'll probably address it as part of the the CBA negotiations when we negotiate, not the CBA, excuse me. We may address it as part of the negotiations with our broadcast partners, our national broadcast partners, but this is a terrible situation. Adam, that's not what we want you to say. why, Why are you saying it that way? It's a terrible issue that we need to fix. No, there are contracts in place that they need to pay. Pay attention to what MLB's talking points have been on this issue and parrot them. It doesn't make you worse than Rob. It doesn't mean that Rob is always perfect on PR. But in this case, he's got real answers about real things that are affecting his team's bottom line. Parrot it. All right, Adam, there's going to be another question asked. I guarantee it, get ready. You're gonna be asked about John Morant. What I want you to say about John Morant, when asked, it's very simple. We are still reviewing the John Morant situation. We hope to have an update after the finals have been completed. Thank you. That would be the perfect answer. Who the hell is his PR guy? You're trying to put the spotlight on the NBA Finals. You're asked about John Morant, and your answer is, we've uncovered a fair amount of additional information, I think, since I was first asked about the situation. I will say we probably could have brought it to a head now, but we made the decision, and I believe the Players Association agrees with us, that it would be unfair to these players and these teams in the middle of this series to announce the results of that investigation. God damn it, Adam. What are you doing? You think that we're reading that quote and saying to ourselves, oh, I guess they have a lot of work to do, trying to figure out what they're gonna do. No, you know exactly what you're gonna do to him and you're letting us know it's gonna be worse than what you did do to him when you did something to him last time, but then you say you don't wanna say it because you want to protect the integrity of the Nugget Seed series. Am I missing something?
Maybe I am because you're the commissioner making 20 mil a year and I'm here at nothing personal with Coca trying to figure out why my Zoom doesn't work. But I cannot imagine for the life of me why the answer is, hey, it's ongoing. We'll talk about it after the finals. Why would he ever say we've uncovered a fair amount of additional information? Is that good? Is that bad? If it's good, let's hear good news. Let's get your one of the faces of football. Of, God damn it. It's Friday, four, eight, six, nine. Let's get one of the faces of basketball. Let's bring him to the finals. Let's rehabilitate him right now and show the world that he's changed, that he's cured, that he's good, that everything is great. Is the amount of additional information that he's part of a new religious group and he's found God and he's anti-gun and he has surrounded himself with only the most pious of people. Then he continues to say, shortly after the conclusion of the finals, we will announce the outcome of the investigation. Okay, why the first part? And it kept going, it kept going. He was asked more details. When you are prepared for a, a media availability, you know you're gonna be asked details about John Morant. You have one answer, you stick to the answer, and you move on. This is ongoing. We'll address it after the finals. But Adam, do you think the eight-game suspension was not enough? We will discuss the John Moran situation once the investigation is concluded after the finals. Well, you didn't answer my question. I answered the question I'm going to answer. You can ask whatever you want. But nope, Adam Silver wasn't satisfied. He said, I guess in hindsight, I don't know. If it had been a 12-game suspension instead of eight-game, would that have mattered? I know it seemed based on precedent, and he's represented, and we want to be fair in terms of the league. It seemed appropriate at the time. That's all I can say. I, I, I've never seen, that's, I don't want to do recency bias. It is shocking how bad Adam Silver did at this post-pre-game media availability. So now we're stuck in a situation where we have John Morant who knows that he's got a problem. You've got the Memphis Grizzlies who may or may not have an answer from the NBA as to what's gonna happen because that informs them where they have in terms of flexibility because if it's an unpaid suspension, they've got that money, they can figure out their budget, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things are left up in the air. So I figured that's it, Adam Silver will take a seat and we'll move on to the next stuff and get back to being focused, but no. All right, Adam, when we're preparing you, it's very simple what we're gonna do. You're also gonna be asked about Eric Lewis. And when you're asked about Eric Lewis, what we have said, and we wanna keep saying it, is that the investigation is ongoing and we did not think it would be appropriate to have him refereeing a game while there's an investigation. That seems like enough. Let me give you the backstory here. Eric Lewis is a longtime referee, pictured in the middle on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, now on the right with the erstwhile coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm gonna take a minute to talk about this because Coke and I talked about a pre-show and I need some help here. Do you remember a guy named uh, Brian Colangelo? Does that name anything to any of you? He was a big time executive in basketball. And apparently he had a burner account that his wife used or he used saying that the, his own players were terrible and he was fired and that was the end of it. 
but it was my wife. It wasn't me. They went back and forth. It was like Roger Clemens' wife, him, us hearing that it was Roger Clemens' wife that got the needles delivered and took the shots in the ass. It wasn't Roger Clemens. I'm in. You want to throw your wife up the bus, down the river, do whatever you want? Fine. Great. Eric Lewis didn't shove anyone under the bus, but he was caught doing something that I don't know why anyone does. I don't have a burner Twitter account. I do not have a way to counteract any negative things that are said about me on Twitter. I have the best way to counteract negative things that people say about me on Twitter. I don't read them. I don't read the positive. I don't read the negative. Therefore, I don't believe any of them. It does not matter. Whatever you say about me on Twitter, if you tell me that you love me, need me, crave me, want me, and think I'm the most handsome man in the world who for whatever reason looks clean shaven on a Friday, there must be something weird going on, I'm good. If you say that you've never met a bigger POS, you think I don't know shit about shit, and your concern is that I shouldn't even have a microphone because it was handed to me as one of the great Nepo babies of all time, great, don't care. I don't understand what's going on. Running a team, you shouldn't have traded that guy. You shouldn't have traded this guy. I heard them all. Sign that guy. You suck. Heard it all. Eric Lewis has a burner account as a referee. When people were criticizing him as a referee, he had the burner account explaining why Eric Lewis is such a good referee. What? There is no implication that Eric Lewis is throwing games. None. There's no implication that Eric Lewis is anything other than extremely sensitive. I can't explain why Colangelo does what Colangelo does. I can't explain why when Scott Foster's the referee, the Miami Heat lose more than they win. There are certain stats. There's certain personal beefs that you think exist between an umpire and a player. We saw it come up with uh, the, the uh, Cardinals and C.B. Buckner where I said C.B. Buckner would do Cardinals games, and he has. I would assume I haven't looked, but I know that they did not stop him from doing Cardinals games. I spent many a time trying to figure out whether there were umpires who had personal beefs, and in 18 years, I didn't find one. I found a bunch of umpires who I didn't like, who I didn't think were good, who I got into words with, no doubt about that. But does that mean that I think that they made certain calls purposefully? Say what you want about referees and umpires. They have integrity because they don't want to be wrong and they don't want to be looked at as partial. That is the overline raison d'etre for every one of these people. But the reason the NBA is investigation, investigating Eric Lewis is the concern that his love of the Celtics and his desire to never be criticized both of which are alleged because his kids were wearing Celtics jerseys. Now, funny enough, I've told you my view, and I'm going to do it again for all the new listeners. My kids never wore apparel of another Major League Baseball team when I was with the Expos for two years and the Marlins for 16. You either wear what? Where your dad works or you don't wear anything. That's how it is. You don't go to school in a Red Sox jersey or a Yankees jersey. You don't dress up as a Yankees player for Halloween. None of that. That's just part of the, the, the cost of having your father in that position. When players' kids come in in other teams' jerseys, I didn't like it, and I would say something. 
I didn't force the kids to change, but I would make it be known. I found that to be strange that you would have kids or anybody wearing an opposing team's jersey, especially the team we're playing. I told you my view of Flacco's kid. There is no way a commissioner of basketball would walk around and wear a shirt or a polo that had a heat logo on it. Can we all agree with that? In the commissioner's wardrobe, there's nothing team specific. When you give him a team jersey or a World Series ring, which is what you do to the commissioner after winning the World Series, the commissioner gets a ring, the commissioner puts it away and eventually give it to his heirs and assigns or to charity. He doesn't walk around wearing a World Series ring from a particular team. Absolutely not. He doesn't wear, when he's golfing, a polo shirt of the Marlins or the Yankees. Adam Silver's the same. Referees are the same. You don't see umpires in baseball walking around in a Yankee hat. If you saw an umpire in a Yankee hat walking down the street, you'd look and say, wow, that's not appropriate. And that's perfectly normal. How do referees not realize that they can't dress their kids in Celtic stuff? It would give the appearance of impropriety. So the NBA is investigating and they named all the referees and heat people went crazy because Scott Foster's there. I could have told you Scott Foster was going to be a finals referee before the season started. He's a finals referee. They do a big deal. They do a release. And Eric Lewis's name is missing and they have to address it because he's worked the finals the last couple of years. And they addressed it by saying it's an ongoing investigation. Wouldn't that have been the way to do John Morant also? Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, fine. We're going to revisit it. Do you know that on May 30th of this year, two days ago, the first, the 31st, three days ago, after the Celtics lost game seven to the Miami Heat on Monday night. I gave you a way to see that people thought I was crazy. You're wrong. You're going to get this way wrong. I said, Joe Missoula will return as coach of the Celtics. People were calling for a scalp everywhere, online, all of the pundits on camera. Joe Missoula will get fired. Jalen Brown will get traded or re-signed. Doesn't matter. We need him fired. And I did the segment saying, no, no, Brad Stevens is going to give him another year an actual year with his actual staff with an actual preseason. Guess what? Brad Stevens announced yesterday that Joe Missoula will remain head coach of the Boston Celtics. Stevens said he's a terrific leader. He'll only get better at anything that he can learn from this year because he's constantly trying to learn and he's accountable. It's not the, my favorite quote or my best quote I've ever seen, but there's a word in there that drew my attention. One of the things that we have with coaches and managers is the concept of accountability. As a matter of fact, it's not just coaches and managers. You get it with players, you get it with staff, you get it with people in marketing and sales and finance, you get it with your family. Accountability is one of the most important attributes to have as a person. It means that when things are good or when things are bad, no one can tell the difference because you are accountable for the effort and the results. You take responsibility for things that maybe you fully controlled and maybe you did not have full control over. 
How many things do you take full accountability for when you did not have a full say in what the outcome of the underlying issue would be? Not many of us do that. If you find someone who takes full accountability and put them on the bench, you want that. You want someone to be able to be the shield as arrows are being slung throughout the season by the media, by players, by fans, by the owner. If you can have someone on the bench or someone in the dugout who is accountable, that is a huge step. I was not aware that's what Joe Missoula was. You have to live with a guy. You cannot assume that someone is that way. You have to experience it for yourself. And it doesn't work by Brad Stevens saying that he's accountable. I'm just taking his word for it. It doesn't make him more or less accountable in my mind. I've never counted on Joe Missoula for anything. And I don't mean about when to call a timeout or how to do the rotation during the course of a game. No. Accountability when you are a coach or a manager goes well beyond what you're doing on the court or on the field. So for Brad Stevens to say that, that means there's something else good about Joe Missoula and he is keeping his job and that wait to see is correct. The wait to see we're going to do for today is that they'll finish the Eric Lewis investigation, the referee, and he will get suspended, but they will not terminate him. He will not be forced to resign. He will not be terminated, but he will be suspended for a period of games next season. Could it be time served for not being in the finals? No, that is a privilege, not a right. That is a bonus, not part of your base salary. You are paid more when you are assigned postseason duties as a member of a referee union or an umpire union. So that would not be a big enough punishment that he missed on this opportunity. He's got to miss regular season, so regular salary games. That's what I think they'll do with Eric Lewis. As for John Morant, we already have a wait to see. So wait to see whether the wait to see happens. We told you he'd be suspended for over 41 games. Let's wait for it. We may only be four to five games away from seeing it. All right, we come back. It's been a week. How many series finales have I reviewed? Started with Succession. We then went to Maisel. We then went to Ted Lasso. And now I'm going to review Dave. Season three could be the last one. Hope it's not. But I'm treating it like it could be a series finale. And then we're going to give you an update with MLB and uh, what's going on in their court case against Bally's. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quentin, Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for doing all the stuff you're supposed to do, which is rate and review and forward this podcast on to other people and get your friends and family to listen to it. And if you're with us on Nothing Personal with David Sampson Live YouTube channel, guess what? We're here every single day. Enjoy. All right, Dave. Dave Bird. I was told to watch Dave. I reviewed the first two seasons with you. Someone mentioned it. One of the fans, one of you listeners said, please watch Dave. So I watched and I then went out on a limb to say that the opening scene of the pilot of the series is the best series opening scene I've ever seen of Dave and the doctor. I had no idea that he was an actual rapper named Little Dicky. I knew nothing. I thought his guest star Gata, his hype man, was an actor playing his hype man. Turns out the actor playing his hype man is his hype man. It turns out that the guy playing Little Dicky is Little Dicky. Dave Bird is Little Dicky, who's a rapper, not an actor. Meanwhile, Gata and Dave Bird may be better actors than they are rappers, and they're really good rappers. Season one, loved. Season two, loved. Season three, oh my God. So good. I want to talk about the end of season three without spoiling it. But you know that a show is working and you can judge it based on budget of production. I told you about the first season of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which was very subdued production costs. And by the second and third season, they were doing major numbers, major guest stars, major set designs. The third season of Dave, Rachel McAdams is a guest for an arc as a character as Rachel McAdams. He goes to the Met Gala and sees real famous people who are on the show, obviously as guest stars. Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly, Travis Barker. And then in the finale, you look at the screen and it's Brad Pitt. 
That's the sign of a successful show. Rappers, including Drake, appear. I want to talk about one thing about this show that struck me, and it's not a spoiler. When you have a choice between love and work, one of the themes of season three of Dave is his looking for love. He's on tour. It's the looking for love tour. He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to make a connection. He's hoping to just find anyone where he can have a true love connection. And it turns out, without telling you how it ends, that did anyone ever consider that those people who choose work over love, the connection that they have is a love of work? Or the connection for those who don't choose work, but they choose love and family, the connection they have is with family, not work. How can you have more than one true love connection? How can you have the truest connection with both work and family? Doesn't everybody have to choose? And I've thought about this and talked about it with you before. I had not seen it manifested on screen in the way it manifests at the end of season three on Dave. Powerful, important, funny, a little cray cray, and so full of talent. Season three of Dave is a must watch. It is available. Will there be a season four? They have not announced it. I'm not calling it a series finale. It could have been a series finale, but I'm not calling it a series finale because I think they're going to order season four. And I think Dave Bird is going to want to make season four because he's just getting started. Okay. We had a uh, legal situation that we talked about. What, what show is that, Coca? When we talked to you all about Rob Manfred in court, it was sometime in the last week or two when Rob Manfred had to go to Houston and testify. And the judge had to figure out whether or not the company that's in Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization, the regional sports network owners, Diamond Sports, whether or not they've got to keep paying teams what they were supposed to pay, or can they pay less money because the world's changed. Rob Manford testified. We went through it. The judge ruled. Here's how it went. Congratulations, baseball. You win. And why did they win? Because the judge correctly said, yeah, life changed, no doubt. But there's a contract here. Either you pay what is under the contract as a rights fee to pay to a team, or you don't. We'll talk about the reorg. We'll talk about the bankruptcy. But don't come in here and try to get me, this is the judge talking, to all of a sudden change the terms of the deal that was agreed on by two intelligent parties an arm's length transaction, a legal contract, not in violation of any provision that I'm aware of. And all of a sudden, because the world changes, you want to get out of it. Sorry, you can break the contract and then you're in violation. You can cure it. If you don't cure it, MLB has the right to take back the rights. That's the fact, Jack. Baseball came out and said MLB appreciates the ruling from the federal bankruptcy court in Houston requiring Diamond to pay the full contractual rate to clubs. That was the ruling. But then what baseball did in their announcement is what they've been telling us in public, the fans from the beginning. 
As always, we hope Diamond will continue to broadcast games and meet its contractual obligations to clubs. He's not talking to us. He's talking to Diamond when Rob Manford is saying this statement. As with the Padres, MLB will stand ready to make games available to fans if Diamond fails to meet its obligations. That's him talking to you. So in one short statement, brilliantly written by Pat Courtney and his group, there's a comment made for the ears of the business people on the RSN side and a sentence meant for you, the fans. Pay attention to which sentence was for who and just focus on that. When a judge makes a ruling like that, what happens next? What happens next is the diamond people get together and they figure out whether they're going to make the payment. Do you know what's funny about it? Can you imagine if you uh, bought a house like in 2007 or 2020, whenever, 2022, and you buy a house for $300,000 and then all of a sudden there's a recession and all of a sudden the neighborhood takes a turn for the worse and your house is appraised out at 200,000, not 300,000. And you go to your bank and you say, I decided I'm not gonna pay my mortgage except up to the value of $200,000 because that's what the house is worth right now. And the bank would say, well, I'm sorry about that. That sucks for you, but not for us. We didn't take the position or the risk on the house value. If the house would be worth a million dollars, that'd be your money, not ours. If the house is worth $200,000, that's money out of your pocket, not ours. You borrow money from us, you pay us, we have a contract. Is that an unreasonable position for a bank to take? Is it unreasonable for baseball when they sign a contract to say to a company, hey, people cut the cord, damn right. Subscribers down, revenue down, world changing. Sorry, you cut the deal, you signed it. We didn't force you to pay me my money. So this is going to keep going. I promise you that. And the way it results is Diamond gets together and they're not going to pay these teams the amount that's owed. And there will be more teams joining the Padres just as I told you before. All right. Pablo Lopez and the Twins did beat the Guardians. That's a win. Miami Heat plus eight and a half versus the Nuggets. I'm taking it as a loss in the nothing personal pick of the day, but I told you to take the Nuggets. Because remember, I wanted the Nuggets first and then I went to the Heat because I'm so cold. And I said, obviously, I'm taking the Heat. That means the Nuggets. So I'm hoping that you faded me, at least in basketball. We're 82 and 86. Let me give you some picks for the weekend. We got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days of sports, two days of baseball. For all the St. Louis people out there, and we have changed the last report we got, and this is, I can't imagine why, but thank you. So many more people from the St. Louis area are now engaging with nothing personal. So whoever is there spreading the word, we thank you and keep doing it. You've got Jack Flaherty, who is pitching for you on Friday night, tonight against the Pirates. In case you didn't know, the Pirates are not winning 90. They're going to lose 90. And in case you didn't know, the Cardinals are not going to finish in last place. I still think they can win this division. Flaherty has pitched way better than his ERA, and he's only given minus 135. We're taking it. Saturday, we're taking Andrew Heaney and plus money. 
Andrew Heaney of the Texas Rangers is going against the Seattle Mariners. Andrew Heaney, the guy who was signed with Nate Evaldi, are two former players who are now part of a rotation that is a first-place team. That's Evaldi and Andrew Heaney, drafted Andrew Heaney. Our owner hated that draft pick, but guess what? He's still pitching in the big leagues. That's a hell of a good draft pick. Trading for Evaldi, it all worked out. Heaney and the Rangers over the Mariners. Then let's get to Sunday's game. Sunday's game is game two. Miami Heat came to Denver to get a mile high and say, get one or two. Let's go back to Miami with the 1-1 score. We missed game one. We'll get him game two. I believe it. Is it possible that the Heat can shoot as poorly as they did in game two? The Celtics spent a few games in a row shooting that poorly, and that's how they got down 3-0. But the Heat, Jimmy Butler, Coca, do we have an early line on Jimmy Butler points in game two? I don't know if we do. He scored 13 in game one. Jimmy Butler cannot disappear for the Heat to have a chance in this series. He is their best player, period. You can't count on Bam to do what he did with Jokic and have the game, really, the best game he's had in the whole playoffs. You can't expect that to continue. Jimmy Butler's over-under is twice what he scored in game one. It's 26 and a half. Do you think it's possible that Jimmy Butler will score more than 26 and a half points in game two? My answer is affirmative. I'm taking the Heat plus nine versus the Nuggets. And as a bonus, I'm going Jimmy Butler over 26 and a half for the Heat to stay in the game and to have a chance of winning. They need Jimmy Butler. So playoff Jimmy, if you're listening, this is the time. All right. Let's talk about another story that came out and I want to end the week on this story. It's, it's an interesting concept. We're going to switch over to the NFL right now and to something that's happening with the NFL. And it's been going on for years. There is a disconnect between Roger Goodell, the commissioner and his players, not the type of disconnect that existed with Rob Manford, where the players just think he doesn't like baseball and they couldn't stand him. They didn't trust him. And now Rob is trying to meet with all of them and he's trying to kumbaya and make things better and committed to making it better. You've heard Rob talk about that. The problem with Roger Goodell and all the hugging of draft picks and all of the fake love of the players in the game Roger Goodell is the chairman and CEO of a large, large company. Roger Goodell is in charge of protecting the value of that company and its individual franchises. Roger Goodell is in charge of profitability on both the local and national level. Roger Goodell is in charge of protecting streams of revenue today and tomorrow. So when he is negotiating a settlement for a concussion lawsuit, as an example. His job is to settle that lawsuit and to make sure that things like that do not happen again. Secondarily, be nice if kids played football, but primarily the ones who end up playing professional football, we got to make sure that our liability is capped. We have to make sure that we're very clear what we have to pay for in the future. We have to make sure that we do everything in the current to set the record, to literally put a record down in place in any particular year 
that you did everything you could to avoid injuries going forward because they know 10, 20 years down the line, these players are dying young. These players have dementia. These players do not survive the hits they get. That is exposure for the NFL and its owners. So that's why every year the NFL is announcing different rule changes, all meant as eyewash to stop the possibility of players getting hurt. However, they continue to improve the equipment, which allows the players to get hurt because it allows bigger and faster players to go full speed hitting people. You want to stop concussions in football? Take the face masks off and make it leather helmets. That'll stop the concussions. You think people are going to lead with their head when it's their head and not their helmet? But I digress. There are plays in football that are not meaningful for the game. Kickoffs are boring. They kick it through the end zone. You get the ball at the 20 and that's it. The 25, whatever it is, the ball goes out of bounds. You get it at the 40 or the whatever. The excitement of a kickoff return and the possibility of a kickoff return for a touchdown or we need good field position, all those things. It's so de minimis because it barely happens. Now it happened in the first Bills game after the Hamlin incident, as you remember, and it became one of the biggest deals ever. It sort of was like the D Gordon home run against Bartolo Colon. But all of that said, the NFL changed the rule. You can now fair catch a kickoff. What the teams have been doing, they've been trying to kick the ball high in the air to let their players run down full speed. Then they don't kick it into the end zone. The best kickers kick it high in the air where the player has to catch it on the two-yard line and then try to run out and then get bopped. So what the NFL said is we got an idea. For those offensive teams who are kicking the ball up in the air with skill, the defensive team, the cat, the team catching the ball, they have the right to call a fair catch on a kickoff. No matter where they are, we'll move it out to the 25. It used to be if you call a fair catch at the seven, which I was taught you never call a fair catch on a punt or anywhere within the 10-yard line, you let it go if it's supposed to go in the end zone. And it will more times than it won't. But now in the NFL, everybody's calling fair catches everywhere. Can you imagine calling a fair catch on the four? It's asinine. But now if you call a fair catch on the four, you actually get it on the 25. And the incentive is that we are stopping high impact, high speed hits from happening because more teams will call for the fair catch because their field position will be better. So either teams are going to kick it all the way through the end zone, or if they still do their good kicks, the team is going to be taught just do the fair catch. I find that to be very interesting. I find that to be what's called eyewash. What the NFL is saying is that we are trying to get away from these types of plays where more injuries happen. Roger Goodell acknowledged that special teams coaches and special teams players disagreed with this rule change. He said the data is clear that injuries are higher on the kickoff play. He believes that they will continue to evolve. And I believe that eventually the kickoff will just cease to exist. Because frankly, Andy Reid, with a new quote, has it right. 
his concern with the rule changes in football, where does it stop? If you take this away, you take that away. Eventually, you'll be playing flag football. Andy, there is a grand canyon of difference between people running full speed and equipment that makes them feel they're invincible to a defenseless, defenseless player who's looking up, catching a ball because he doesn't want to muff it because then you're going to release him, and then he gets crushed. There's a difference between that and flag football, and the difference is large. The NFL is making these rule changes because they're protecting the players from themselves and they're protecting liability from the owners. Why do you do any of that? It's just business. Have a good weekend, everybody. We will have a show Monday. Game two is Sunday of the NBA Finals. Some good baseball. Enjoy anything you can this weekend. Carpe diem. This is nothing personal. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.